does it really matter what I say? That's a pretty good one. But for all of us, it's kind of a tune-up. You know, we really can't live off of yesterday's word, off of last year's word, off of 10 years ago's word. You know, this is something that I learned a long time ago, and the Lord had to bring it back to me and say, you need a tune-up. You're getting sloppy here. You need a tune-up. And my husband came in one day, and he said to me, with much trepidation, not knowing what I would do or say, (laughs) he said, the Lord has shown me that your words are hurting us. And I didn't say anything. I didn't go, well, (laughs) let me tell you about your words. The mouth, the voice, the words. And I just began to read them and and meditate on them and get a tune-up from the Lord. So that's what we're going to do for a little bit here. We're going to go through these scriptures because maybe you need a little tune-up too. (laughs) And then after I went through these scriptures, my husband and I sat down at the kitchen table and we went through them all together. And I'm going to save the end because something really neat happened at the end. (laughs) I want to save that to the end. So the first one, Probably the most powerful, well-stated one is death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit. Now, what does love it mean? Love what? Life or death? They that love it. And sometimes you're going to hear people who only want to talk about dark things. They only want to tell the sad story. They only want to give the bad report. They only want to say the things, I can never catch a break, nothing ever turns out right for me. Well, loving death, you think, nobody could ever love death. Well, it's the absence of loving life. When you love life, when you love what proceeds out of God, then that is what you'll begin to meditate on, and then that is what you'll begin to speak. Now, the things you hear from your own mouth and the things you hear from that, those out there is what's been churning around in there. See, as ministers, our duty is prayer and ministry of the word. If we're dwelling on something else all week, something else might come out on that Sunday morning. You know, and that's not what we want. But even in our day-to-day, in our family, we don't want something else to come out. We want the Word of God. We want edification. We want building up to come out. James 3.2 says, We all stumble in many things. But, If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, and they obey us, and we turn their whole body, just with a little bridle in their mouth. We take an animal that weighs, I don't know how much they weigh, but it's a lot, (laughs) and we turn them wherever we want them to go. 
Same with the ship. Little tiny rudder in comparison to the size of the ship. We turn it. The ship goes wherever we want it to go. If you don't like where you're at, if you don't like how you think, if you don't like what you're doing, it's time to turn the rudder. It's time to change what you're saying. And this happened to me. I wasn't planning on sharing this because I wasn't sure (laughs) where I was going with all of this today. But it happened in my life in a time where I felt like I wasn't happy where I was at. And I said, I'm going to change what I'm saying and I'm going to change my direction of where I'm going. And I began to say, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and all my might. I didn't care if I felt it. It's the truth. Because the Spirit of God is in me. I have a new, renewed spirit. So it's not about an emotional thing. I don't have to feel the emotion. But what I was doing, as I began to say that, I was setting a course. I was setting straight the course of my life and changing it. And you can do that with anything. I shared here before how there was a time when I was starting to feel some resentment for uh, some people. And I said, I love them in the name of Jesus. Changed my course of my life by what I said. So let's go through a few more scriptures. Um, Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes listen to this believes that those things he says he will have whatever he says do you know that most of the time you're saying what you believe you know that guy that says I can never catch a break he's saying what he believes and he said it and he said it and he said it over and over and over and over This is a principle. We're always saying what we believe. Sometimes we flip off with things, you know, we don't believe so much. But the bulk of what we say comes from the heart and believes who we are and believes the way things are and says it. That's why we say it, because that's what we believe. Romans 10.10, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness... And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Is it a matter what we say? With the mouth, the confession is made unto salvation. That salvation includes everything. When I take the word on healing and I speak it with my mouth, it becomes healing. There was a time that I had a some kind of thing on my back was hurting and uh, you know I just said okay you either believe this or you don't I am going to speak the word of God out of my mouth and into that and I did that until if I relaxed my mind all I could hear was by Jesus stripes I was healed but healing came because I spoke it into it I took the word of God and I did what it says to do. I spoke it into me. And healing, it was made unto healing to me. 
Here's the one, doesn't matter what I say. Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. You want to just keep talking? <laughs> Something's going to come out. This isn't going to be good. I know years ago, John says, you need to limit your phone calls to five minutes because any longer, something bad might come out of your mouth. <laughs> you know? But he who restrains his lips is wise. So, just don't want to pop off anything there. Psalms 13.3. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. You got a lot of destruction in your life? It's time to take note of what we're saying. Proverbs 17.27. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Now, now probably none of you have this in your relationship and in those relationships that are really close. But sometimes, when my husband and I talk, we push each other's buttons a little and we say something. A cool spirit is a man of understanding. So, to discipline ourselves to just not talk right away. (laughs) Just take a little moment and not talk is very helpful. Because the words, if you will accept this, words are spirit. When they go out, a spirit of strife comes out of your mouth. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the spirit. The word is the spirit. Do you ever have um, a commercial come on for a horror movie and you just feel that little shudder come on your... Spirit came out in that music or in those words or in that idea that was in that commercial or that um, trailer for that movie. You don't even have to watch the whole movie to get that attack. Uh, this is one I've always liked. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. Even a fool seems wise when he keeps his mouth shut. I've been to some meetings at work where I really didn't know what was going on. (laughs) Just didn't say anything. That way you're not pointed out that you really didn't know what was going on. (laughs) You just seem like you're really wise. (laughs) He who shuts his lips is considered perceptive. Proverbs 18.8. The words of a talebearer are like tasty morsels. And they go down into the innermost body. Gossip. Have you ever had a piece of gossip given to you? And years have gone by, and you see that person, you still think of that. You you know, and you may not be judging them, you may not be thinking about it, but when you see them, you still think about that one thing that you were told about them. It went down in. I don't want to be the one who puts something negative about somebody down in them, about somebody else. It says in James, 
speak evil of no man. We can all think of things that we've done, you know, all kinds of things. So don't get under condemnation because there's redemption at the end of this. Proverbs 26.20, this is a good one for all of us. Where there's no wood, the fire goes out. Where there's no tail bearer, the strife ceases. Stop talking about it. Now, I would get so annoyed by some of these things that they would bring up. You know, they make whole movies about things in the past. They just won't let it go. Just, just let it go. I don't want to relive some of those wars, some of those things that happened, you know, in our country. I don't want to hear it again. Let it go. Matthew twelve thirty five. Jesus talks about a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of an evil treasure brings forth evil things but I say to you that every idle word men may speak they will give an account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned is it important what we say yes it is Psalm 7, 73, 9. It says that the wicked set their mouth against heaven and their tongue walks through the earth. Words are spirit. They go out. Once it's released, it goes out and it walks through the earth. Now you want to hear some really good news after that one? Who is sending forth his saying on the earth? um, Let me do a different version. I don't like that version. God sends out his command to the earth, and his word runs swiftly. Remember the other one? The bad one walked. But the word of God runs swiftly throughout the land. So when we release the word, we've got energized by the power of God word. The other words, they walk and they do damage, but they're not energized by heaven. So I thought that was kind of a neat. These are some of the things that I, I found when I was doing my study. Do you ever hear the saying, a little birdie told me? Or where'd you hear that? A little birdie told me. Well, in Ecclesiastes 10.20, it says, Curse not the king... No, not in your thoughts, not even in your thoughts. Curse not the rich in your bedroom, for a bird of the air shall carry your voice, and that which has wings shall tell. Do you ever have somebody know that maybe you're not happy with them, and you haven't told them yet? They just kind of know. How'd they know? Little birdie told them. (laughs) Little birdie. The angels and the spirits, other spirits, the winged spirits, they're listening for our words. 
It says in Psalm 103:20, "Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word and heed the voice of his word." So when we're speaking the word of God, we're empowering our angels to go forth. They take those words and they go forth with them. The interesting thing about words, it's the only thing that can go from this natural realm that I can touch and the spirit realm. I cannot just say, I want to be in the spirit realm right now. I'm going to just step over there. The devil, he can't just appear here. If he would, he would. He would appear and he would kill us all because if he could, he would. But he can't. He's waiting for the doors to open. He's waiting to hear the words that give him a place to move in. He can't just do anything he wants to do. He has to abide by the same rules of the spirit realm and the natural realm as everybody else does. So, the angels are heeding our voice. Now, there's another scripture here. This talks about the devil in Proverbs 17, 4. It says, the devil's listening for your words. It says, evildoer listens for wicked lips. He's listening to hear something wicked. A liar, what did Jesus say about the devil? He's the father of lies. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. So those are just some of the scriptures <laughs> that I went through. Now, you're thinking, what am I going to do? Well, first of all, in James it says, no man can tame the tongue. So you can't do this all by yourself. You can't do it alone in your own physical strength. You need the power of God. You need the word of God because the word of God does work in us. Psalm 141.3 is a prayer saying, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Send an angel to guard over my mouth, Lord. Help me. Keep walking over the door of my lips and do not incline my heart to do any evil, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat their delicacies. What were those delicacies? What were those things that go down in the innermost? Those bad, gossipy type. And it, it, it's not always just gossip. It could just It's a negative. It's a bad report. And then we take that bad report that's gone in, and what usually happens, we start saying it. It says, um, I'm trying to think where it is now. It could be in James. It talks about, don't fall short of the grace of God and let bitterness start to grow in you because that bitterness will defile many. Well, how does it defile many? If it's just in me, how does it defile other people? I start saying it. If I'm bitter, what am I going to do? I'm just going to start. What do I need to do? Hello? I think it's on. So, bitterness defiles many.
by the bitter person can't stop talking about it. Because they'll never let it go. They've got that seed. It's like an oak tree. And unless the power of God comes and removes that, that tree just keeps growing, just keeps talking, just keeps multiplying, and defiles other people. See, sometimes we have bad opinions of people because of what we've heard other people describe them. It doesn't have to be false. <laughs> you know, It could be a true assessment of them, but it still defiles everyone because they're now taking up that offense for other people. See, when we hear so-and-so hurt so-and-so over there, well, now we're mad at them too. So we, want, we don't want to defile many. Now, how, do I, how am I going to turn this around? Remember what Jesus said, out of our treasure, what we speak. So what we store in our treasure chest of our heart are the things that are going to start coming out. Psalm 119.11, I have stored your word in my heart so that I do not sin against you. Um, New American Standard says, I've treasured it in my heart. King James says, I've hid it in my heart. I've taken your word and I've put it in my heart. Because that's what it's going to come out. That's what I'm going to start speaking about other people. That's what I'm going to start speaking about myself. Because if I'm meditating on the word of God, that is what's going to come forth. That's what's going to come, the grace the word to come forth. So, um, how can we change our heart? Because what's the problem? If I'm talking bad stuff, my heart's really my problem, isn't it? Because that's where I've treasured all these things up. And that's where I go to when I speak is my heart. So Jesus told a parable that really tells us what's going on in our heart. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and soon it sprang up, and it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell on thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he said to be, when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, after they left the multitude, the disciples said, What does this parable mean? What is this? And he said, To you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, I speak to them in parables. Now, this is the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those on the wayside are the ones who have hard hearts. And the word can't get in. But Jeremiah has a key for them. In Jeremiah, it says, Is not my word like fire? 
and like a hammer that breaks the rock. Just keep putting that word in. I don't care how hard your heart is. It can't hold up. It will soften. When the farmer goes out and that ground hasn't been touched in a long time, it's hard. And he gets out the pickaxe. He gets out the plow. He gets out all the things to work that ground to get it soft and pliable, to throw rocks out. And that's what, if our heart's in a bad state, that's the process that we're going to go through, just like that ground. Now, the ones with the... um, Well, let's go to the rocky soil. I kind of gave away the rocky soil problem. (laughs) But the rocky soil, the ones on the rocks are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a little while. And when temptation comes, they quickly fall away. No root. Why was there no root? Because they had a little bit of soil, but a lot of rock underneath. You have a lot of rock underneath, those roots aren't going down. And that's why you just have to keep the word until those works it and works it. But what happens is, a lot of times, because there's no roots, they just give up the word. Oh, it must not be true. Doesn't work for me. You know, that kind of talk starts coming out. But when you hold on to the word, do you ever see a tree growing out of the side of a mountain? It can still break up that, that rock if you hold on to it and hold on to it. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they had heard, go out and are choked with cares. That's worry. You know, this, the, the best way to catch when you have worry is when the thought comes to you, what am I going to do about it? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's worry. And immediately what happens is you go from a place of prayer and in the spirit to a place of carnal thinking of how am I going to save myself? How am I going to fix myself? So when you hear that, what are we going to do? Whoa. No. I'm going to take that thorn, pull it out, cast it away from me, and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. I need your intervention. I need your understanding in the situation. And I'm going to rest in you because I cast that care onto you because you care for me. That's how you deal with that. But those thorns, they just keep coming. And the weeds, they just keep coming. So we have to tend our garden. We have to tend the heart. We have to look for the weeds. Uh, John made mention when my sister and I, were make, we made a little garden. Every morning we were out there looking at the garden. We wanted to see what grew. We were just like every single morning we're out there looking at the garden. 
Why? Because we were tending it. We didn't want anything bad to happen to it. We didn't want anything to start eating the stuff. We didn't want weeds to be coming up. We didn't want it to get too dry. And we're waiting for the precious fruit of the earth every day. Tending the garden. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the springs of life. Out of it comes life. And then, um, that's the cares, riches. Riches are another thorn. If I only had money, all my problems would be solved. If we just had $3,000 and we could pay off all the credit cards, that would do it. If we only had a little more money, or if we only we were rich, then our lives would be fine. Deceitfulness of riches. Now, am I saying you shouldn't have any riches? No, but they are not the answer to everything. They are not the answer. Because if you get $3,000 in a few months, you're just going to need another $3,000 because you've charged it back up. So there's, there's roots there in money that is more than just needing the money. And the other is pleasures of life, pride of life, you know, wanting the fame, wanting promotion, wanting. It's wanting something more than you're seeking for the kingdom of God. And what happens to that, that word, that's the, it doesn't say the ground's bad, it just says it's full of thorns. And I like to grow African violets. And if you put them in a place where they don't have enough light and they don't have enough water, they grow, but they never bloom. And I dare say there's a lot of Christians that are growing, but they're not fruitful. The word that's in them is not bearing the fruit that it should. There's a word there, but it's choked. It's always being choked by, what are we going to do about this? Oh, if we only had $50,000, then we could start our business. If we only this, or if we only that, or how are we going to do this? Those things choking the word. Now, those that have a good ground are those who keep the word... And it bears fruit with patience. We had to be patient in our little garden with aroma tomatoes. <laughs> it took them forever. They just kept going. <laughs> like, come on, get rid already. We want to have tomatoes. They just kept going. So that just gives you kind of an idea of how the words work and where they come from. But I was in a situation where I needed to deal with words that had been spoken and a harvest that we were getting that I didn't like. And this is Isaiah 54, which is one of my all-time favorite scriptures because there's so much in there. But right at the end of Isaiah 54, verse 17, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I think all of us have heard that one. Haven't we heard that one? Have you heard the next part? And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. 
Now, what does condemnation mean? What's condemn mean? If you condemn a building, you're saying nobody can live here anymore. This house is no good. We have to get rid of it. It's unredeemable. Something that is condemned is unredeemable. So when condemnation comes your way, I'm not unredeemable. I am not accepting any condemnation. But these words, the devil is always accusing. There's always judgment and accusation coming from him. You're just never quite good enough, are you? Not when he's done with you. You're just not quite good enough. Well, every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn. All those words that were spoken... After John and I went through the scriptures, we knew what to do. We came against those words. We said, in the name of Jesus, I condemn every word that was spoken against us by us and by other people. In the name of Jesus. Now, the next scripture is really great. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It is my right to do so. And he says, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. You know those words that were trying to condemn us, those words that were trying to ruin us? He says, your rightness, your right standing is of me. Now, you take those words and condemn them. Get rid of them. And the neat thing that happened was, as I was meditating on all these scriptures, and we came against those words, do you ever love it when you have a God moment and you know exactly where you were when it happened? You you remember that exact moment in time? I was driving my car, I was by myself, and I came to the stop sign, and I looked up at the sky, and had, it was a beautiful blue sky with some white clouds, and all of a sudden I saw letters, black letters going back and forth, like words. But they were going so fast I couldn't read any of them. But some were going this way, and some were going that way, and they were just going. And then all of a sudden, shattered and fell to the earth. And that was the vision that God had given me, that it was done. The words have been shattered, and they fell to the earth. And then he gave me another vision of a field that had been had weeds in it, and somebody just came and plowed the field and prepared it for planting. Because your field's prepared for planting. Start planting new words. Start getting a new harvest. And that's what we began to do. We began to speak new words, new harvest. And this wasn't something, you know, I'm not going to say we were, you know, said all kinds of terrible things. It doesn't take a lot. It takes a mixture. We were saying good things. We were saying a few little bad things in there. And the weeds, it's the little foxes that come in and spoil the vine. It's a little leaven 
that leavens the whole lump. Just a little. We had to get that out because what happens? The leaven, what does it do? It keeps growing. If you have weeds, what do they keep doing? They keep planting more seeds. When I grew up in farm country, they had a law there that you had to spray obnoxious weeds. Because why? If you don't spray yours, they're going to be everywhere. The animals, the wind, the water, they take those seeds and spread them all over on all the other farms. I don't want to spread weeds on other people. That's bad enough. I don't want any on me, but I don't want to give them to other people either. And um, so what I'd like to do is just pray. You might have some harvest that you think of. And you might not know that other people have spoken against you. We don't always know. So John and I, periodically, we do this to come against words that have been spoken against us. And that word that, that word that says in judgment, that word judgment means opinion. We all think we have the right to have an opinion about everything, don't we? And everybody, you know? We don't. My opinion of you is what the word says. He says you are complete in him. That's my opinion of you. You are perfect. You are sanctified. You have been made righteous. You have been made whole by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. So let's pray. And I guess you could just follow me in this. Father, I thank you for your word. That it is my heritage to take authority over these words. And right now, I command every word that was spoken against me in judgment, in condemnation, and I break those words in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord for giving me the insight and the wisdom to plant new words in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.